Hey, what's up? This is your homegirl, Complex Angel, and I'm the Vibe. And this is your girl, Queen K. I'm the Vision. And welcome back to another episode of Queens with Vibes and Vision. So, Queen K, how has your week been since last Monday? Oh, girl, um, hectic. Uh, my daughter's uh, whole entire fifth grade classroom shut down because a student um, tested positive for uh, for the virus. So they had to shut down all three fifth grade classes, um, only for me to find out that my daughter uh, is going to be moved to another classroom because they're going to cancel one of the classrooms. So it's just been a big old mess with this whole school thing. Um, My daughter is still not in school yet because the fifth graders cannot report until October 4th, but she has been online and you know, my daughter, I love her to death, but my baby, it's hard for her to focus on mine. Like, that was my issue with last year. But we try to mm-hmm. fight through it. We try to work through it. But I, I'm just I'm just concerned because I just feel like now that y'all combined in the classroom, will this happen again? Is it best for me to just keep yeah. my baby online? But other mm. than that, um, you know, we push through. My kids are good. We were all tested. Everybody is good. So I'm just thanking God for okay. that because it could be a lot worse. And I've been praying for the little girl um, or the little boy, you know, because they don't tell you who, but I've been praying for them as well, that they be healed. And, you know, that this doesn't happen again. But overall, it's been a pretty humbling experience because, you know, a lot of people think, oh, my kid won't get it or my kid can't get it. Yes, they can, y'all. We got to make sure we're praying over these babies, you know, um, and keep them home, y'all, if they're sick. If you see that they're not their best, you know, keep them home. I understand allergies. I understand, you know, the common cold. But that stuff can uh, a cold can be transmitted as well, and you don't want it to get worse to the point where it is the virus, you know. So just keep them home. Yeah. If they say allergies, give them their medicine, you know. Keep them, keep them good. Um, but other than that, uh, I'm able to see another day. I was able to go get me some more Pelisanto, so my household was cleansed. Um, mm. My spirit is refreshed. I'm day two of working out, y'all. I'm trying to do this little two-week challenge. I did day two. I'm proud of myself because usually <laughs> after the first day, baby, it's over, okay? Um, but I, I did push myself, um, so I'm excited about that. And just, you know, y'all know what it is. It's time for me to prep for my birthday. Y'all going to hear that on every episode, okay? Because uh, <laughs> it's a holiday. But uh, other than that, it was yes. good. Um, just looking forward to this weekend. But, yeah, other than that, pretty good. Can't complain. How about you? Um, It's been a good one. Can't complain. I just did a, a interview with Halim on his uh, his show called, his platform called Encourage Talk Show. Um, it was really dope, mm-hmm. uh, you know, just promoting the book and promoting the podcast. Had to get it out there. Um, he butchered <laughs> he butchered the names of the podcast, but it's all love because I pick long titles when I come up with stuff. But, you know, it was just dope to be on his platform, and I thank him for that. Uh, looking forward to this weekend, going back home to Detroit. I missed the chili cheese fries. Um, yeah, you know, just, just a little homesick because, you know, everything they got there we don't have here in Philly. Um, I'm kind of tired of Philly cheesesteaks, just saying. But, you know, <laughs> maybe by Wednesday next week, I'll probably be craving them again. I don't know. Uh, I'm glad to know that everything is going good with you and the kids. Um, I hope that they take into consideration of just doing block schedule, like where, you know, some days you have the lower grades go to school and then the other ones are virtual and then vice versa. Like, I don't know. I thought that that's how they would have did it, but I guess they're just like trying to cancel out virtual 
period, because of how hectic it was. So I don't know, but I'm yeah. praying for better days. And um, I'm glad that your your spirit is fresh. You sound well. It's going to be a lovely you. show tonight. Yeah, so that's all I got. You know, I got my weed. It's a beautiful day. I got my incense going. Let's yeah. get it. <laughs> all right, girl. With that said, as y'all heard her, we're going to jump on into the show. Okay, so I'm going to hit y'all with two A.O. King and Queen quotes. Both of them are sponsored by Pinterest. Um, okay, sorry, y'all. I was crocheting earlier. I had that on my screen. Okay, let me get y'all with one. Okay, well, you know what? One of them is not from Pinterest. One is actually from Instagram. Uh, my cousin shared it, but it just spoke to me when she shared it. It says, celebrate yourself. Nobody knows what it takes to be you. Y'all, every step of the way, and this is something that changed my whole mood today, we got to celebrate us. You know, we can't mm. keep looking for other people to celebrate us or to congratulate us on the accomplishment. We got to celebrate the fact that we rolled out of the bed. We got to celebrate the fact that we got up to brush our teeth. We got to celebrate the fact that we did something nice to our hair. We got to celebrate the fact that we just took, even though life is hard, we still got up and did what we had to do, and we're still pushing through. We have to celebrate Mm -hmm. ourselves. We cannot wait for someone else to do it because you will fall into a sadness when you realize that all those people that you celebrate daily could care less whether or not you got out of the bed. So we have to celebrate us. We have to be that happiness for ourselves. So with that said, y'all, every day you wake up, you should celebrate yourself. Look in the mirror and say, girl, I'm proud of you. You got up out that bed because I showed, told myself with that workout, girl, I'm proud of you. You did two days. Look at you. Not too bad, not too bad. But other than that, (laughs) celebrate your damn self. Don't wait for nobody else to do it because it's going to disappoint you when you see who really there for you. All right. Now, this one is by Pinterest, y'all. It says, now, this is a little, this one kind of reflected on how I was about two weeks ago. Um, But this one, it still spoke to me today. It says, sleep isn't really sleep anymore. It's just an escape from reality. Respect your pillow. It took your tears when no one else did. Mm. Okay, y'all. So I'm sorry to get a little heavy on that one, but I just want y'all to know, Depression is real. Check on your friends. It don't have to be, you know, okay, so I'm going to take that back because a lot of people don't check up on you to see how you're really doing. They check up on you so they can have something to gossip about. Be genuine. It is real, and it is something that a lot of people battle and don't know how to and don't know who to turn to because they fear that they're just going to, this is just something for them to talk about with the next person. Y'all, check on your strong friends. They are going through it, you know, especially if you know that your friend does deal with it. And it comes and goes. Depression, it it can't be controlled. Like, I, I can be perfectly fine one minute, and in the next hour, I might be crying my eyes out. Like, I spent a lot of nights crying my eyes out. This platform really helped me to just get, you know, a little ease in my day or, you know, on my Mondays. But, y'all, it is real. Check on them, and if you are battling with depression, please talk to someone. It is only going to help you. I know you feel like the world is against you and nothing you do is right and that you are, you know, not valuable, but you are. Please talk to someone. I would prefer for you to talk to a therapist. That way you won't have to worry about, oh, are they going to tell my business? Oh, are they going to laugh at me? Are they going to judge me? Um, So, yeah, that is my my thing, you know, um, 
do some research, find you a therapist. Um, I can say that if you have insurance through the state, I'm sorry, I don't mean to keep going on, but um, but if you no, have insurance through the state, okay. Okay, if you have insurance through the state, you get 21-hour 20, visits for free just off your insurance alone. So you can find you a therapist. You know, uh, um, one that I know of is CNS. It's on Joy Road. And another one is called Motor City Center of Hope, and it's on Six Mile, if y'all are in the Detroit area. But those two places are really helpful. I have been to both. Um, so, yeah, just just know that. Um, yeah. But anyway. That is my A.O. King and Queen quote, y'all. We're going to jump right on into that play tips for hair. I actually have two, okay, because these these are something I, – I recently had to comb out my locks. Um, like I just stated before, I have been battling depression, and when I get so stressed out, I start pulling out my own hair. It's not it's not me doing it on purpose. Um well, I, can, I don't even know if it's on accident or purpose. But anyway, I start pulling out my hair, and my hair starts falling out real bad. Um, so I had to remove my lock extensions because they, because I was pulling at my hair, they were getting too heavy. So I found these two little things. So if you're ever, you know, in the process. But anyway, hair tip one, deep condition at least once a week. Uh, deep conditioning at least once a week will help your hair to be more manageable, able to retain more length, and have less frizz and breakage. Start deep conditioning once a week. Set you a, a date where you just fully do a pamper session on yourself. I'm talking about from your head to your feet, baby. I'm telling you, you will see results. Your dull and dry hair by adding a squirt of honey in your palm while applying conditioner. This will soften and boost the shine. Okay, so when you put that conditioner in your hand, do a little squirt of honey, rub it in, put it all in your hair, leave it on there for 30 minutes, because like I said before in the hair tip, after 30 minutes, the conditioner has done its job. So leave it on there for 30 minutes, rinse it out with lukewarm water, not hot water, because you don't want to burn your hair out, but you want to do like lukewarm, kind of on the cool side of the water, and baby, you'll have some soft, bouncy hair. So that is my Queen K Slay tips for hair. Now, we're going to get right into this sipping tea for the soul topic, y'all. So tonight's episode is titled, What Were We Thinking, y'all? Why did we want to grow up so early? Me and Complex were sitting around. We were talking about life, and I'm just like, nobody told me that it was going to be this hard. And she was like, we should definitely do an episode on this. So, y'all, I know we have all been there before. We have all been kids. Like, I can't wait till I grow up because I'm going to have my own stuff, and I'm going to be out all night. No, and then we get we get grown and realize that we would rather be a child again, okay? No responsibility at all. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I would probably tweak my life a little better if I could, but I want to be a kid. They got it made, y'all. They have it made. But that leads me into my first aspect, which is stability. Um, complex. My question to you is do you ever think back and want to be a child again? In the past, yes. Um, my childhood was all I could think about. That's all I could talk about. Um, I remember when I had went to go see a friend that I had known since elementary school, and I went to go see her back in 2017. Like, that's all we talked about. Um, and I remember observing her, you know, because she's married now and she has kids. And it was just like I was just so in awe, like, damn, like, you know, my friend is a mom now. Like, I I get like that with you, too. And it's just like, I remember when we didn't have kids, you know what I'm saying? And I just mm-hmm. remember I was stuck. 
I was stuck in this cycle of just wanting to be young because in my mind, I believe that I I still was young. Like, being 23 and 24, I, even though I was grown, I didn't realize I was grown because, like, my grandmother, you know, was still living and she put that fear in me. (laughs) I feel like parents (laughs) and, like, whoever raised you, they know how to put that fear in you and, like, you don't realize it, but you you act like a little child when they come around. So it took me a minute Mm -hmm. to realize that I was grown. Um, I'm just now coming to terms that I'm an adult, that I'm responsible for my own advice, that um, I'm responsible for living this life. I can't expect anyone to have the answers for me because before I demanded Mm -hmm. others to have the answer for me because I couldn't have it for myself. Um, Now, you know, being 31, um, I don't really think back on, oh, I want to be a kid so much because I, li- mm-hmm. I like where I'm at. I love the mentality that I have. I love the epiphanies that I have. I, I love where I'm at in life. And I wasn't yeah. this person before. Like, I'm finally getting to know me. So, like, I, I don't think that I would know who I was back then. You know what I'm saying? So I used to, but I don't anymore. What about you? Um, me, it's kind of a toss-up, okay, <laughs> because having kids, I realize how much they got it made. Like, they don't have to worry about bills. They don't have to worry about getting up in the morning to go to a job all day. Like, they, I mean, even though, yeah, they go to school, but they still kind of have fun in school. Um, At work, it's just work, like work and no play. Um, But like you said, I used to think about it. But now, as of lately, like, when I came up with that question, I'm like, hmm, no, I don't think I want to do it again. Um, Because, like you said, like, I didn't have a voice as a child. And I know going back to being a kid, I wouldn't have a voice. You know, I would still be dealing with being bullied. I would still be dealing with um, all of the troubles and the struggles that we have, you know, that we had coming up. I don't feel like nothing would change, so that fuels me to say, no, I don't want to be back. You know, I don't want to go back to my childhood. Yeah, sure, it wasn't all bad. We did have some highlights, but I know who I am. I know how to use my voice. I know what makes me happy. You know, I'm accomplishing stuff. Like, I'm able to just say, all right, I'm about to get this done, you know, and then you learn as you get older who how to really judge who's there for you as well. Like being a kid, you don't know everybody your friend when you're a kid or you alone, you know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, I, but I would just say that, yeah, my mentality has definitely shifted. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I still get moments where I be telling my kids, man, y'all don't even understand how good y'all got it. Like y'all don't, y'all don't really have to do too much, and everything is gave. You know, everything is made for y'all. I go to work every day for y'all. You know, there's nothing that y'all need or want that I don't get for y'all. Like that, I wish I could. Like I be telling, I wish I could go back to that. I wish I had a parent like you know how y'all got. Um. But like I said, knowing my childhood, it makes me say, eh, no, nah, I'm better off as an adult, you know, trying to figure this thing out by myself. Um, and approaching 31, I know that I can be no child because I would have a smart, I would be considered a smart mouth kid if I was to go back right now because you're not about to tell me. <laughs> Nuh-uh. So, yeah. But, yeah. Okay, my next question is, as an adult, do you have a better understanding of the saying, you better stop rushing to grow up? Yes, because life is short. Um, 
I've noticed that the older you get, <laughs> the more time, like, really is flying by. Um, we're at that age now where it's like you see kids that your friends or your family members had or, like, even, like, you know, Internet friends that, like, you know, we all got the Facebook kids that we watch grow up. But we're at that age now where it's like, when the hell did they become a teenager? Like, I remember when you was five yes. because so much time has flew by. And it's like, where the hell was I at? Like, I can only keep up with your kids, my nephew. I can only keep up with their ages. Other people, I'm really starting. Like, when's your birthday? Like, I'm getting to a point where I have to write stuff down. And I remember, like, my memory <laughs> used to be the shit. It still is, but it used to be the shit. And it's like now I have to write stuff down. I think weed plays a part in that, too. But I feel where they were coming from. Like, you know, <laughs> I feel where they were coming from. Like, you know, don't be in a rush to grow up. Because as you get older, the people that was above you, you start to see them pass away. You know, it's like a bittersweet, it's like a bittersweet reflection of that. But... At the same time, I don't regret. I don't. I don't regret it. Like I had highlights in my childhood. Like there were good times. I remember the surprise birthday parties. I remember the traveling uh, down south to go see family members and everything. But there was also those toxic times too. And like you said, as a child, we we thought it was okay, and we we thought that we we thought that you know. It was something that was love, you know what I'm saying? Like, everybody's your friend, mm-hmm. just like you want to see the good in your family and everything like that. But it's like back then, uh, like I was just such an uncomfortable kid. I like you. I did not have a voice. I was emotionally numb. Um, I couldn't express myself. The only way I could express myself was was through writing. It was a battle for me as a kid because it was like I was so – socially awkward, but let other people tell it. When I used to be in speech class and I would be up there giving a speech, it was like, you didn't seem nervous. I don't know what you saw because butterflies was doing the, like the rope-a-dope in my stomach. <laughs> like, be up there nervous as hell, but it was like mm-hmm. because I didn't believe in myself. I didn't I didn't know my potential, but I do get the saying, but it's like we're going to get into that on another episode. We're going to get into that another, on the other aspect. I don't want to go too far into it, but that's my take on it. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely understand where they were coming from because I just feel like it was a prepping for us. Like, you know, mm-hmm. by them already being that age, they know what's to come. Like, they know time is yep. not on your side. You know, it's pretty much you're getting older, so you're going to see people pass away. Now you're going to understand death a little better. You're going to see life struggles. Yep. You know, they're going to hit you. We think it's all glamorous growing up, but, you know, reality sets in that this, it, it's not what we envisioned it to be as kids, you know, because I thought mm-hmm. that I was going to be able to grow up and have a big old mansion with a little white picket fence and a dog. That ain't happened. I got three kids, okay? They weren't nowhere near in my, my little future. But, um, yeah, I just feel like I, I definitely get it now because I find myself saying the same thing to my kids. But I go a little bit in depth with it. You know, when you heard it from your grandma or your mom, it was like, oh, you better stop trying to rush growing up. You better stop. But they never explained why. And that made me want to grow up even faster. Like, what you trying to hide? You trying to hide the good stuff. Oh, it must be good when you get older, right? But, no, yeah. I go in the desk with my kids. Like, look, 
Y'all don't understand. It's a different set of responsibilities when you get older. It's not mommy right. handling everything. It's you handling it. Like, I try to instill that in them now so it won't take them by surprise like it took me by surprise. Because, like you said, it took me a, a while. In my 20s, like in my early 20s, it took me a while to realize that I was grown because I would go around my family. Mm-hmm. I was still staying with my mom at the time, and it was like I was still a child with kids. Like, but yeah. you definitely understand um, – a lot better, like, what that saying really meant. I just wish that they would have went into detail about it and explained it instead okay. of trying to scare us. Because think about it. When you tell a kid no to something, they're going to want to do it. You know, that's just how mm-hmm. our minds are set up. Like, well, let me see for myself. And that's what it did. It made me want to grow up even faster because it just felt like, oh, you're just trying to hide it because it's good. It looked good on the outside to me. So, yeah. Yeah. Just explain. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay, my third question is, do you feel like you were probably well, do you feel like you were properly equipped for adulthood or has it been a struggle? No, I was not properly equipped. Um what it's like to be an adult that was not talked about <laughs> in my household. Um I had to do a lot of learning like when I got my first apartment like by myself where I didn't need a co-signer because when I lived on um, campus, I lived in an apartment um, on campus, and my grandmother co-signed for me. And it's like after – when I got my first place and I I didn't have her as a co-signer, even though when she did co-sign for me, I still paid, but I had refund checks to Mm -hmm. help me. But with paying for my own shit, it was like I didn't have a savings account. Um, There was times where, like, I didn't have money for food and everything. Like, me and my boyfriend lived together, but, you know, it was just like we we still struggled. We we still struggled, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying, with, with getting funds together. And, like, that's where the pride comes in that because I was very embarrassed to ask people for help because they always say, you're an adult, you should know these things. Like, I remember when I was applying for this one job, I had to be, like, 22, 23. And I had never filled out a um, tax form before because my grandmother claimed me on her taxes because you know how they say you can um, you can claim you can claim a child on your taxes. I don't know what the age limit is, but I know because I was still on her health insurance and because mm-hmm. um, I was in school, I think like I could be on her health insurance. I was like twenty six, and I was on her car insurance, so she enabled me. So she basically claimed me on her taxes too, and with wanting to get with wanting to claim my own independence on my taxes from her, it was a struggle. Like they kept stuff for me. Like I remember I went back and forth between her and my mom when it came to getting my social security number just so I can get a state ID. Like it was just so much control. Mm. That's why like that's why that was my biggest rush to want to grow the fuck up because I'm like, dog, I don't want to be tied down but when you get grown that's all you're used to is somebody controlling you. So I'm looking for the next person mm-hmm. to control me. I really felt like I was winging it. But it's like when when I started having talks with some of my older cousins and they started telling me, like one of my cousins that live in North Carolina was telling me, like, you know, there was days where we only had $20, you know, like, you know, him and his wife only had $20 to, um, to spare, you know what I'm saying, for a day. And, it does. I'm not saying yeah. that I feel good, but it just makes you feel like okay. I know that I'm not alone. That there is like, mm-hmm. just like there's no book to parenting. There's no book to adulthood. So I'm like, 
I mean, okay, I shouldn't feel so bad that I feel like I'm winging it and shit because we don't know everything. But what about you? Yeah. With me, um, no, I was not properly equipped. Um, like I've stated on other episodes, um, you know, we, we went through a lot of not having places to stay. Um, I don't feel like that showed me how to really keep and maintain a household because we've moved so much, like, so much, y'all. Um, we never really stayed in a place longer than a month. Like, that's just how it was. And we did a lot of shelters. Um, so it was it was hard, you know. Um, and I know, you know, I don't fault my parents because, hell, they learned how they, you know, they, they only did what they learned. You know, they didn't take the the precaution to unlearn, to relearn, like we're doing, you know, like we're changing the mm-hmm. So when I got into my first apartment, um, it was scary. Like by myself with my own two kids, it was scary. Like it was the times when I thought, okay, well, I could be behind on rent, uh, you know, a month or two. I, let me get this stuff first. No, I had to learn how to budget. I had to learn how to um, make sure I had the bills, you know, pushed to the side so I can get this stuff for the kids. Like, I had to learn how to do all of that stuff, and I did not know where to start. Like, it was a learning process. It wasn't until I was pregnant with my third child um, that I actually fully got an understanding on how to plan and prepare for bills and how to work. Like, I think, and that's another reason why I work as much as I do. Like, I work 12 hours a day. Um, mm-hmm. And that's because I don't want to fall back. Like, I got everything set right now to where my bills, I know, you know, I got those budgeted out. I got, you know, money for a rainy day. I have money for in case these kids need something because kids constantly grow, um, especially mm-hmm. mine. But I have money in place for these things in case this stuff happens, and then you got to throw in the car, and then whatever else happens to the house. But I didn't learn none of this stuff. I just learned, oh, well, when the bills get piled up, oh, well, move to the next address. But I had to learn. You have to carry this stuff from address to address, especially Mm -hmm. like your utilities. I did not know none of this, y'all. My credit is shot right now. Like, I'm trying to build it back up now because I did not know this stuff. I did not know the importance of having good credit. I did not know none of these things. So, but it's no, there's no rule book to this. Um, you know, it's no yeah. manual to adulting. Um, you just have to pick this stuff up as you go along, and then you have to make sure you apply it. Don't just get this information and just push it to the side because you're gonna need it. I'm not gonna hold y'all up. Me being almost 31 now. I realized how important all this stuff that people was telling me when I was younger, like my boss, Miss Angie, she was trying to tell me a lot of stuff, but you know, don't nobody want to listen to that stuff. That seemed like important stuff, but me not realizing that I was an adult back then, it me, it makes a lot of sense now. So yeah. yeah. Um, my last question is what was the first thing you wanted to do the most when you grew up? Be fucking free. I, I kid you not, be fucking free because from 12 to 17, like, when I was little, it was good. Like mm-hmm. I said, my grandmother, you know, I had surprise birthday parties. Well, they weren't surprise birthday parties because my sister couldn't hold water. So she would tell me and then be like, well, just act surprised. <laughs> and it's like, nigga, how am I supposed to act surprised? But, you know, the traveling <laughs> down south. And then um, as me and my sister got into our teenage years, it was like, you know, adolescence is a fucker. It's, it's a motherfucker. And I pray for anybody mm. that has kids that's going through that stage because you don't recognize them and they don't recognize themselves. So 
it became too much for her. Like, you know, my sister was sneaking boys in. My sister was smoking weed. I was starting to smell myself because, you know, I started growing titties at uh, 12. So I thought I was the shit. It's like my grandma just couldn't do it no more. So she sent us to go live with my mom because my mom was finally clean for a while. Because my grandmother, that was her struggle with growing up. It was like, I can't give these kids back to you until I know that you're out the street. So by 12 years old, Mm And in 16, me and my sister was back with my mom. But now you're getting to know somebody, and you're living with somebody that you never lived before. You don't understand what the withdrawals and everything is like and how after, I feel like after a person gets off drugs, you become very anxious and irritated because you don't have the mm-hmm. one thing that is numbing the pain. So it's like we, we bickered back and forth a lot. My mom made me watch my cousin from 12 to 17. In her mind, she felt like it was keeping me safe, so I wouldn't be out here running the streets and, um, like, you know, having a child. And I remember I had talked to her about it at, like, 23, and I said, Mom, I just want to let you know that that really messed me up because I didn't have a teenage life. And all she could say was, well, my mama did it to me. She made me watch my brothers and sisters. And, you know, she and that's when she told me, like, I did it because I didn't want to see you out here ripping and running the streets and getting pregnant. And I was like, well, look at my friends that I hung around. None of them acted like that. And then she was like, well, damn, you're right. I didn't think about that. You know, it's like you're so conditioned to repeat what your parents did to you because, Mm -hmm. like you said, we're conditioned to think that it's okay. So I told her, I was like, that really messed me up. But it was like I knew that that it was only so much that I could get through to her because in her mind that she thought it was right. And I didn't want to feel like I was beating my mom up. It's like I just wanted to have that talk with her. But, no, you know what I'm saying? Like, that was the first thing I wanted to do was just be fucking free because I'm like, yo, like, this shit is too much. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I had a better childhood than some because it could be worse, but it was just, like, not having a voice and just, like, seeing so much chaos around you, and then when shit is happening to you, but you can't talk to nobody about it, like, I was battling on the inside. Like, I was very awkward. Like, you know, Queen K can tell you I was, like, a very defensive kid. You know, like, I was, like, always, since I was very sensitive. And, like, when I had a problem yeah. with somebody, I would hold it in and everything like that because I didn't know how to confront people because of that shit. So what about you? The first thing I wanted to do was, okay, so it's two things. One, stability, right? I just knew, like, when I got, because I, I promised myself that when I get grown, I'm not ever moving from my house. You know, I'm going to keep, I'm going to stay right there until I get old and gray. Like, that was my main thing. And then, two, to have my own room. Like, you know, um, coming up with siblings that's closer in age with you, you don't get your own room. I remember at one point it was three, all three of us in one room, you know, um, but then, of course, the state made that rule where the boys couldn't be in there after a certain age. So then it was always mm. me and my sister. Then after me and my sister, it was me and my kids. And then I finally got my own room, y'all, <laughs> after so many years. <laughs> but now I still share it with my, my youngest son because he swear that I'm, I'm more to his mama, I'm his woman, because he don't let me <laughs> talk to nobody, okay? He is right here every night. But, um but, yeah, stability was my main thing. I just promised myself that I would never have to go through that. Once I got grown, I said I was going to work my butt off and I was going to be stable and I was going to put my mama and daddy in the house. Like, that was my main thing. Like, 
That's why I work so hard for my stability. Like, I need this for myself mentally. I'm already all over the place when it comes to my mental, but I know that I'm stable. I know that I've already paid up my rent. I know that my bills are, you know, and I, I know that I'm stable. So being a kid, that's the only thing that I crave for most was being stable. It was, you know, once I start realizing, I mean, before I start realizing what was really going on around me as a child, of course, I wish for things like I can't wait to be out partying or I can't wait to have my boyfriend, you know, stuff like that. But once I really, mm-hmm. my eyes were open to what I was really battling with, it was like, no, nah, I don't want none of that. I just want to be in the house long enough to say, you know, to to be there until I'm old and gray. Like, that was my thing. So, yeah. That part. Okay. Well, we're going to go over into my aspect. We're getting deep with this. My aspect was wanting to be free. So my first question is, do you think part of us wanting to grow up was to break free from our chaotic childhood? Hell, yeah. Hell yes. Um, yeah, I, I I needed it. Like, I went through some shit, y'all. Um, and like I said, I, I don't fault my parents. I, I don't fault anybody. Um, you know, I'm learning to accept what, what happened, what came to me, what I had to battle through and live with, uh, because I understand that my parents only learned what, you know, what they were taught and they were just trying to do that and then you know they had their other other battles their silent battles as well so um I thank them but I definitely feel like a majority of me felt like I need to grow up so I don't have to keep dealing with this I made a promise Mm. to myself before I even thought about having kids I just told myself my kids would never have to go through this would never, mm. and I would make sure that I worked my ass off so they never did. And I'm not saying that my mama and daddy didn't have jobs. You know, my mom held a job. But like I said, mm-hmm. other things happened. Other things played a factor into our childhood. Um, and mm. I also told myself that I couldn't wait to grow up To I was trying to escape my wish-washy family. Like, (laughs) you really Mm -hmm. see that family is nothing but a last name. It's nothing but DNA holding y'all together because that's it. And that ain't ain't even strong because I have you and I'm closer to you than I am with some of my family. People that share Mm -hmm. the same blood as me, people that share the same name. But when we were going through that struggle, I get it. Everybody wanted to say, oh, well, they put y'all in that. That's why y'all, but we were kids. You know, you, mm-hmm. come on now, we were kids. It's not yeah. our fault. You know, we don't know what's going on, but y'all still turned y'all back on us. So I told myself when I got older, I would not deal with family anymore. And I've stuck to that. To that, mm. I know that sounds bad. I know it probably sounds fucked up. I pray for them. I do pray for them. Um, mm-hmm. But as far as me taking that extra step, no, no, I'm cool. But, yeah. yeah. I definitely want to escape what I was going through. Yeah, man. It for one, I wanted to piggyback on what you had said because I heard a quote that said, um, "No, actually, Sparkle Marie said this. So y'all got to follow her on YouTube. She said, when you have a bumpy journey, like like the bumpier your journey is, the higher your calling is, right? Because you know you said of what you went mm-hmm. through." 
But it's like I felt you on the whole family thing. We only shared our last name because we're so deep and we're so deeply comfortable with our dysfunction. And that's that's what's yeah. fucked up because I wanted to be a grown-up to run for my chaotic childhood because it was just like growing up before five years old, I would say like from one to four, I was content with, you know, my grandmother was raising me, my granddad, and, you know, my uncle came to pick us up. At first I thought he was my dad, but then he corrected me. But then once I got to school and people were asking me, because, like, I remember my grandma would pick me up and the teachers would, you know, be saying uh, how good I was doing. They'd be like, I can't wait to tell her mom. My grandma would always tell them I'm not her mom, I'm her grandmother. And at first, you know, they would do a double take because my grandmother, my grandmother had my mom when she was 16. So she was, you know, she was mm-hmm. good for her age. And, you know, they was like, really? And everything, like, well, where's her mom at? And then I remember kids, like, why don't you live with your mom? So those questions just came about. Then not knowing my dad, right, because, you know, those little daddy-daughter dances. I didn't have mm-hmm. anyone to take me to daddy-daughter dances. Um, I didn't have a bond with my uncles. Like, I couldn't talk to them about things. My uncles felt like the best bond we could have is giving me materialistic stuff. I remember those birthday parties that turned into adult parties after 6 o'clock, and it's like, this is yeah. my day, and it's getting cut short at 6 o'clock, you know, and it's like you're supposed to just accept it, you know, be happy with what the fuck you got. Um, it, it, I don't know. It was, just, it was just a lot. So, and then, you know, with having to watch my cousin and not having that, that teenage life, and those are the important years because, you know, that's homecoming. That's, uh, you know, yeah. like going to the football games, going to the movie theaters, like, like, you know, just to watch movies, going over your friend's house, period. That is the time that you want to spend the most time with your friends and be a teenager because once college comes, like, okay, you can still have fun in college, but after high school, that's when the real world hits. And being deprived of that, mm-hmm. I wanted to live that life in my 20s. You know what I'm saying? I wanted to live reckless, but... Honestly, I can say when I got to my 20s, because I was controlled so much and because I didn't have a teenage life, I became that person that worked two jobs, two part-time jobs, and went to school. And it's like it was like, okay, I can't have fun because now i got to get this bachelor's degree. So I can't have fun. I'll put it to the back burner. So by the time I was 27, after I got my bachelor's degree and I was in another state, I was getting drunk. You know what I'm saying? I was smoking, like, heavy. Like, I was reckless. Like, I remember my mom told me never smoke blunt with people that that you didn't see them roll up, right? But me bouncing mm-hmm. back and forth from the guy that was abusing me, anybody that passed me something, I was smoking it. Like, you know, like, I just did not give a fuck because I was living reckless and I wanted to live free. But it, it just fucked me up, you know what I'm saying? But... Now I'm getting it together, though. I'm, I'm, it's like you said earlier. It's like trial and error now. Like, okay, Tasha, you know, you can't keep paying on your credit card and then spending it when you get a little balance. So I cut the credit card up, and now I'm paying it off. You know, I'm working <laughs> on it. I'm, I'm telling myself because I, I, I fuck, man, finances and everything is just all fucked up in my family. But that goes to my next question. What was your imagination when you were a kid about being a grown-up? <laughs> 
Mm. Okay, so in the earlier years, I imagine being a an adult was hella fun. You don't have to answer to nobody. You make your own rules. You stay out late. Um, you party. Uh, you could be with your boyfriend without your mama down your throat. Um, and I make my own rules. I come and go as I please in my own house. Like that was my imagination. Like, yeah, I'm gonna be a singer because then I'm gonna have a bunch of money and all. Like. <laughs> That was, I'm telling y'all, my imagination took me there, y'all. And I use music a lot to carry me to these places. Like, um, Complex, no, uh, even as a teenager, you know, to escape my reality, I would put them headphones on and stay in the house the whole summer, you know? Um, (laughs) But I thought being an adult was fun. Like, you do whatever you want. You don't got to listen to nobody. You know, you, you make your own rules. Until mm-hmm. being an adult hit me, okay? You're still answering to other people's rules. You don't get to do <laughs> everything you want to do, especially if you're a parent, baby. If you're a parent by now, you don't get to do what you want to do. I don't care how you try to flip it and how you try to say these kids don't have control over you because, baby, yes, the hell they do. My kids dictate when I go to sleep, okay? And it's not like they be like, oh, no, you ain't going to sleep right now. No, it'd be like, well, stop pulling her hair. No, don't hit your brother. Hey, sit your eyes down. Like, that's how it is in my house. All the way until I, about 11. Then I get my youngest son like, well, why would you leave me? Come come lay with me. He tells me what to do. But um, <laughs> but other than that, yeah, my imagination was wild, baby. It is not what, I, what I'm experiencing now. I wish that that stuff would come true. But, yeah, I had this whole, I you know, I speak for me rule in my head. Like, ain't nobody going to tell me what to do. That's how you would be an adult. Nope. Yeah. Not that way. <laughs> Man, my imagination as me as an adult was just basically same as you. Being able to come and go as I please, um, having my own house where, like, you know, when the family's getting on my nerves, okay, I could go back there. Nobody throwing nothing in my face. And mm-hmm. just like, you know what I'm saying, like, finally getting to know myself. But that shit did not happen. Like, that shit went south <laughs> once I became an adult mm-hmm. because it was like I still – looked for other people to give me answers. Um, I remember when I had got a tattoo, I was hiding it from my grandma, and I didn't want to tell her. And she was like, you grown now. And it's like, really? Oh, okay, when y'all going to start treating me like it? Because it was just like there would be times when she would throw shit in my face and I would piss her off. So, you know, it was just, it was just like, what the hell? I felt like I needed to have a child for them to finally see me as an adult. Because it mm. was to the point where I remember one time we were sipping on some wine coolers at my grandma's house, right? And mm-hmm. they asked me if I could pull, if, if I could bag my car out the driveway to let somebody out to go to the store. And one of my cousins said, you sure you're going to be good moving the car? You just had a drink. Out the fucking oh. driveway? Like, it, it's just shit. It was shit like that. And I would just, yes, <laughs> I got it. Like, I just always felt like he, I was always under somebody's magnifying glass. So, yeah. But um, that goes into my next question. I know you already kind of answered. So you can go in more detail. Uh, what's your reality about being an adult? Okay. My reality about being an adult is that it's a lot of work. Um, it's a lot of stuff mm-hmm. that I had to unlearn, to relearn. 
um, that I actually have a voice now and I can use it. I dictate my own happiness. I am in control of my life, but I also have to make sure that I'm protecting my energy at all costs because people can come along and drain you, drain you Mm -hmm. so low that you don't even know who you are. Um, I realize that it is a lot of hard work to be an adult. Your eyes are open to a lot more stuff. Um, You are battling with evil spirits all around you. You just got to fight through them. It it is a battle being an adult, but it's also a beauty. You know, you get to get that wisdom. You get to finally figure out pieces of who you are and put them together. You know, you get to express yourself and don't feel bad about it. You set those boundaries for yourself. Like, it's a beautiful thing. Like, don't don't get me wrong. It is hard. I'm not going to lie and say Mm -hmm. it's easy being an adult because it's not. But it is very beautiful with you coming into terms with who you are. And I think that's the part that keeps me going right there because I'm learning who Kinnett is. Like, I've been on this planet for 30 years, almost 31, and I'm just now. In the last, I'll say, in the last five years, I'm finally learning who I am and the fact that I have a voice. And that, yeah, sure, I do still have my parents, but I'm still an adult just like they are. And, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a difference between expressing yourself and being disrespectful. And I've learned how to walk that line of being respectful but letting them know how I feel and setting boundaries for myself, you know, and my kids. Um, yeah. I have realized that it's no handbook. There's no right or wrong way to be an adult, you know, and I can't compare myself to nobody else. What they have right now in their 30s, Okay, yeah, maybe I don't have it, but it's not like God don't have a plan for me. And that's another thing that I am realizing my reality is that, you know, I know that there's a higher being and I know that he's looking out for me. None of this stuff has come to me all by myself. You know, no, I put positivity out there. I put good energy out there. Good energy is going to come to me. I'm learning that karma is real, y'all. It Mm -hmm. is real, and it will catch up with you when you least expect it. Um, mm-hmm. I'm also learning to let go and let God, you know, um, you know, as kids, we don't really think about that. You know, we'd be like, oh yeah, my mama had me in church. So I know a little bit about God, but now as an adult, <laughs> you understand who he really is like and what he can really do. Yeah. Um, yes. so yeah, you learn the good people around you. Like I'm realizing that I have a solid ass friend, like solid 15 plus, you know, um, <laughs> And it's going to keep on adding on. So, yeah, you learn to take in information. You learn, I'm realizing that criticism can be a good thing. You know, you just have to learn how to apply it. And all of my failed things that I feel like I failed on, that's really just lessons for me to reapply and redo it again, you know, 10 times better. So, yeah, I've come to a lot of realizations with being an adult. Well, who the fuck is this? Because <laughs> I swear, like, no, I'm not even trying to be funny because, like, I remember on starting over, you know, all the fears, but yeah, 30, 31, 31 is coming. I could tell the epiphany, like, you yeah. just said it. The failed, the failed things that I have is still less than you better preach. All right, you know what the highlight about to be. But, uh, <laughs> anyways, uh, my reality about being an adult is that. It's not about living reckless. You still need stability, um, especially, you know what I'm saying, living in a state by yourself. Because, like, 
just like you, I have a solid friendship with you. You always look out, like, even when I don't even expect that you're right there. But I also got to make sure that I'm not fucking up my shit, you know, because I, I created me a budget and everything, and I don't pay for anything personal for myself until after I finish, um, you know, with that budget. But I also need to learn, like I said, with credit cards, don't don't spend, when you finally get a little bit of balance on there, don't spend it. The key is to pay it off. And that's my goal. I'm going to pay it off. I don't have to use it. I'm going to have to budget better. That's why I like in-between checks instead of me touching my savings account because I save 10% now. And I found that out from a financial advisor meme before. I saved 10%, but I used to always touch it in-between checks. No, get your ass out there. Go do Uber Eats. You can cash out the same day. You can do four to five. So I do that four days out the week. Like I do it on Tuesdays. Thursdays, you know, Saturdays and Sundays, and that that helps me to get through. Like, I'm realizing as an adult, you have to get it together. You got to step out on faith. Um, as an adult, you can't let people knock you off your square, learn not to take things so personal. My job challenges me yeah. to understand that every day. Um, have fun still because even as an adult, you know, we think that it's just all all work and no play, but still as an adult, still live your best life. That's why, like, I thank mm-hmm. you, Queen K, for allowing me to come on this Miami trip because I don't think that I would have did it by myself, traveling by myself, but you're, you really have set the tone on, like, you know, like really living your best life. Like, I see you traveling every year, and I want to get back into that because that's another thing I'm learning. You can't sit here and cry over spilled milk. If you want something, go out there and get it because anything that you put your mind to and you manifest, it can happen for you. Just with seeing the books, you know, just with seeing, like, the the challenges that I I I didn't overcame, the storms I didn't overcame, like, adulthood really shapes you and my relationship with God. Like, just moving out of state was when I finally got a chance to hear him really talk to me because I feel like when you mm-hmm. ask the universe questions, you get those answers. Just like karma comes when you least suspect it, those answers to your questions that you ask come. And I used to always under, I used to always ask when I was little, how do you know when God is talking to you? What does he sound like? Soon as I moved yeah. out here, that he, he knew, like, I'm going to hold on to you tight. I'm going to show you that you don't need you don't need to depend on nobody. You can do this for yourself. You are strong. Like, I really tell myself that now. Like, Tasha, you are worthy. You are loved. You are strong. I accept myself. I'm looking at myself in videos because I hate looking at you hate You hate hearing your voice. I hate looking at myself in videos because I used to always cringe about being fat. And I'm unlearning now, too. Mm-hmm. The only reason why you feel so uncomfortable about that is because your grandma criticized you about that growing up. But how do you Mm -hmm. feel? You know what I'm saying? Of course I want to lose weight, but I need the mentality for it. But I still have to love myself like this because she still exists. You know what I'm saying? Like I have to love her and accept her for who she is. So, yes, adulthood, that shit, yeah. Crazy is crazy. Last question. Last question, when should parents learn to let go of the control over their kids? And this goes off of the saying, you'll always be my baby. Like, <laughs> um, Girl, 
okay, so my mama say this thing where you can still get your ass beat. <laughs> That's her favorite line. Oh, <laughs> I think they should help us to realize, I mean, you know, I know that we'll forever be their child, right? But mm-hmm. I feel like they should help us, I think, when we turn 18. They should mm-hmm. help us to, you know, kind of let go of that a little bit so we'll learn how to step into adulthood right. Think about it. You got that mentality that you're going to always be my baby. Of course I'm going to stay up under you. Duh. You just said I'm mm-hmm. always your baby. Like, my little <laughs> sister had this thing where she was going to stay with my mom and dad till she was 35, okay, because she is a baby, and they, they made sure they told her that. You know, but I think that messes with a kid, you know, or even an adult, because you grow up like, man, I'm always my mom, baby. I know I I got a place to go, you know, because that was my whole thing, still staying with them even after two kids. I'm like, well, you know, I'm their kid still, so shit, I'm supposed to stay here. But, no, I think that if they would have started preparing me early, like, you know, you have to get older. I know that you, you know, you're going to forever be my child. I don't want to call you my baby, but you're going to be my child. You know, but you got some responsibilities. Like, I really feel like if they would have explained this, why I didn't want to grow up so fast to me, I would have took heed instead of just telling me no, but then telling me you're going to always be my baby. But anyway, I feel yeah. like um, they need to let it go starting at 18, you know, with that whole baby stuff, and start mm-hmm. giving the stepping stones. That way when you get 21, you will view yourself as an adult. Because when I was 21, I'm just like, well, I still feel like I'm, like, 16. You know, when I was 22, <laughs> I still felt like that. Like, it didn't feel different until I moved on my own. Like, it did, adulthood didn't hit me until I moved on my own. I feel like, you know, now I'm not saying kick your kids out when they're 18. No, just start equipping them for life, you know. You can start young. Kids are sponges. Your kid can sit up there and learn a TikTok dance in less than five seconds, baby. They can understand. They can comprehend. Now, I'm not telling them to put all the heavy issues on them, like politics and this is what you don't do, this is how you budget a bit. But start giving it to them little by little, you know. Start start telling them, okay, credit is good. You know, when you get old enough, people going to hit you left and right with credit card offers. That don't mean you have to get one right off back. You know, get you one so you can pay off some bills. When you get your plate, you know, teach them that stuff now. Instill that stuff in them now instead of instilling in them, oh, you always going to be my baby. No, because then they're going to keep that mentality, and when stuff falls, they're going to think that you're supposed to come through in the end because they always your baby. Like I said mm. before, my little sister was the only child I know that was still getting her mama and daddy to give her lunch money, and she was well in her 20s, baby. But this is what happens when you tell them that they steal your yeah. baby. I'm not bashing my little sister because I swear, me and her laughed about this. I think it's funny as shit. But, mm-hmm. yeah, you have to you have to start helping them to grow up and helping them to come into their selves as an adult. Because I really feel like adulthood starts when you are out of high school. I really do. Um, because, you know, mm-hmm. you're in a whole different ball game. You know, college is set up different. You're you're set up on your own when you're in college. Yeah, a lot of people probably stay, you know, at home still, but then you got to think, you got to make your own decisions. You got to make sure your final financial aid is intact. You got to make sure you got a car. You, you know, you get all your finances really when you're out of high school. So I feel like, you know, start preparing them at 18. So that way it'll be, it'll be an easier transition into adulthood. So, yeah. I would say um, start having those conversations 
at like 17, 18 about what it was like for what it was like for them when they started their uh, adulthood. Like, you know, just start having mm-hmm. those conversations. Like, what did you learn? Um, start teaching me how to have my own bank account without you on it. But I think, no, no, because uh, I remember in college, they, they were offering bank accounts. So you don't have to have another adult on there. But my grandma always just had to have control, and she had to put her name on everything. No, let this person have their own bank account. Have mm-hmm. talk to them. Do not enable a child because that was that's, that's what my grandma did. My grandma didn't want me working while I was in school. I had to overstep and, like, basically get a job when I had found out that she, when she got diagnosed with stage, when she, when she got diagnosed with breast cancer the first time, I didn't know that she was on medical leave. My grandma was, you know, very private, but I know it was, she was human. It was, if I don't tell them, mm-hmm. then I don't have to realize this for myself. So she kept that from us. But I found out, you know, through hearsay that she was on medical leave. And at the time I was in school, and every time she would get paid, she had money come into my account because at Eastern, our ID cards was like a debit card because that's where they would load our refunds. So she would have money come on there. But when I found out that she was on medical mm-hmm. leave and you only get like, what, 60% of your check. I was like, I'm about to get mm-hmm. my own job. I'm not about to have my grandma keep taking care of me. I was 23. She fought me to the truth, and I said, Grandma, it's already done. I already got the job. I said, it's part-time. Like, you have to let a person do it on their own. Don't enable them. And then when you finally get tired, okay, you're on your own. Because what resources did you give me? <laughs> like, you can't yeah. sit up there and enable a person from 23 to 25 and then, like, okay, you're on your own. What the hell? Yeah. Like. where's the classes for this? Because I'm not ready. So, like, just have that talk. Like, you got to get it out of your head that if I have a talk with my child that this is me condoning certain things. No, doesn't mean that you're your child's friend. Parents means guide. Guidance means education and, and, you know, and, and informing people. So that's my take on it. But that was definitely a good, good, good segment. Well, yes, it was. Yeah, it was. It was really dope. Okay, um, good, good, good topic. Again, once again, you come up with some dope ass topics, girl. Um, okay, y'all. So we gonna jump right on into that as a woman question complex. What you got for us tonight? Okay, so the as woman question was inspired. I'm rewatching the um, relationship goals by Pastor Mike Todd and Natalie. Well, yeah, Pastor Mike Todd. And there was an episode where him and Natalie was on there talking about marriage, um, what it takes to be in a marriage, the the major keys to be in a marriage. So Mm -hmm. Pastor Mike Todd was saying that as a man, men need for women to honor and praise them. And Natalie was, you know, basically giving examples. She was like, there's ways to get your point across. Instead of saying, like, oh, you hang out with your boys all the time, it's like, you know, hey, babe, you know, I noticed that we haven't spent a lot of time together in a while. When do you want to put in some time? Um, and Pastor Mike Todd said another thing with honoring and praising a man is to um, allow them to fail and don't try to, like, you mm. know, do do the job for them. And that smacked me in my face. So as a woman who comes from a strong woman background, because I know me and you do, can you say you know how to honor and praise a man properly after hearing this? Not at all. Um, <laughs> not at all because um, I've learned 
after two failed relationships. I mean, I won't call them failures. I'm 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 gonna stop that. I'm not putting that negative two relationships where I've learned lessons. I've also been able to reflect. At first, I was just pointing the finger at them, them, them. But I also watched that series. And what that taught me was that I was at fault as well. One, I nagged. I nagged a lot. They both had a thing where they would get into the game, okay? So when they would play on these games, I'm telling you, all focus, everything was zoned into the game. This was both relationships. I cannot make this up, y'all. And I'm like, well, damn, is that game more important than me? So that's what we're going to do now. I bet if I break it, you won't be able to play it. Like, I would go off instead of like, hey, babe, you know, can I play the game with you? Or, hey, how about we do something? Or, you know, when you're done with that, can we spend some time together? You know, talking to them. I didn't do that. I jumped off the deep end quick, like, because I just felt like, how the hell is that game more important to me? Um, Mm -hmm. And then with the letting them fail. I was told this by my in my second relationship by his mother. I was told that I was not allowing him to be a man. I didn't get mm-hmm. it right. I didn't get it right then and there because I'm like, what you mean? You know, um, how am I not letting him be a man? He ain't doing what he's supposed to do as a man. But I didn't allow him to fail. I made him think that him cut falling short or coming up short was a big no-no, you know, instead of him trying to figure it out on his own, I was already figuring it out with the game plan, you know, for the win, like me working Mm -hmm. the way I do. I didn't allow him, you know, I just made him seem like he was less than. I didn't understand Mm. him as a man. I didn't because, like you said, we came from strong backgrounds. I'm used to seeing my mama bust her ass at work and, you know, handle the bills when necessary, you know, when she could. Um, you know, my father was there and, you know, he would do, my father was shot in the leg when he was younger and it, uh, he has a metal rod put like from his thigh, always his ankle. So he can't Mm -hmm. get an average job, you know, he's on disability, but, um, you know, but he's, he's still the dope ass mechanic, uh, repairman, anything you need, my daddy can do. Like, that's where I get it from. That's why I have a nickname called Jack because they say that I'm a jack of all trades. But uh, anyway, you know, when he didn't have a job, you know, my mom was out there busting her butt going to, you know, going to work. But I picked that up. I figured, you know, if they fall short, you let them know, all right, well, I do it. You know, but no, that is not the way you're supposed to do things as a woman. I have to unlearn that because I feel like that is why God, one, sent me the same, the same thing wrapped up in a different person. And I feel like that's why now I'm single so I can reflect properly on this. Because let's be honest, if I was in a relationship right now, I would not be applying half the shit. Like, I would still be arguing. I would still be snapping off. Um, I wouldn't let a man be a man. Um, And I remember in my second relationship, he asked me, can you please stop working so much? Like, you work all day. Can you please stop working? And I'm like, no, because these bills got to get paid. What, you got a job? Like, that was how it was for me. Mm -hmm. But I didn't realize if I would have cut my hours, he would have made a way. You know, I didn't have to keep throwing stuff. I didn't have to keep beating him to the punch. When he said he would pay something, if it wasn't paid beforehand, like, I like to pay my bills early. But mm-hmm. when I feel like, okay, baby, you pushing it, like, okay, day before it's due, why you still ain't paid it? You know, I get nervous and I just go ahead and go do it. But he told me, like, mm-hmm. you didn't even let me try to handle it. But it's like, well, I can't. If I had it, why wouldn't I just do it? That way we don't got to worry about it. So I wasn't looking at it as 
he was just trying to be a provider for me. You know, he was out here trying to hustle and do it. So I, at this rate, I I know that I have not been <laughs> wifey material at all. I can't even hold you up. I haven't. Um, mm. Yeah, but I'm realizing where I fell short at, though. So what about you? No, it's, it's nothing wrong with that because that's what I've been beating myself up about. I'm like 31. And I'm just now realizing that I have not done this dating this dating game. I have not played it correct at all because the women in my family talk at their men. Like, I have a cousin that's married now, and I swear her son be like, listen, if you want me to testify against her in court, he's like, this ain't right how she talks to you. But that's their relationship, you know? But it's like it's not cool, you know, because I'm definitely the type of person I don't know how to – let my man take over. Part of it comes from just me being so very loyal and not wanting to see you have that stress, but I don't realize how much I'm emasculating you because I'm not letting you figure it out on your own. Like, I know in my last relationship, like, I had him meet me halfway. I had him meet me a little bit halfway. You get what I'm saying? But it was like I seen how finicky he could be with his money, you know, Life path number five, y'all are very, y'all are very, y'all don't know how to say. So it's like money would just go. So it's like I will always have to have <laughs> money right there to make sure that we had this. And I think it just really comes, I think it plays a part in what we've seen the women in our family do and what we've seen them deal with. Mm-hmm. But it also plays with like, you know, like you said, stability. I want to make sure that I'm, me and my kids are not homeless. So you get into that yep. stage of I'm strong, it's all on me, I don't know how to let you be there if you don't realize how you're coming off to that person because, like I said on the podcast yesterday, I got my relationship advice from women. I never talked to men in my family about, you know what I'm saying, how how is a man supposed to treat you, what am I supposed to do, like, you know, what what am I supposed to do to meet the man? Because I never talked to them. I talked to women. And a lot of the advice came from them getting damaged abused physically, mentally, and all. So I heard, don't get a savings account with your boy, with your husband. Um, mm. You know, like, find a find a way to fix his bullshit. So I remember when I would have guys, like, I remember when my neon would have problems. This one guy was like, you want me to fix the oil change for you? No, because in my mind, my grandmother, you know what I'm saying, knows what's best because that that's who I go to. So it was like, no, nah, she'll fix it. She'll handle it because I don't know if you're going to mess up my car and then I have to go to her, to, you know, to pay for more damage because she had control over that car. You know, like she didn't have control of where mm-hmm. I went. But it was like when it came to that shit breaking down, she was the one that had to pay for it. So I didn't trust for no man to figure I'm like, no, nah, you don't know what you're doing. And it's like, damn, why do you talk to me like that? Like, I remember I told my ex of three years. I remember one time I was at the hospital with my mom, and I was mad because he didn't come home. He was at his brother's house. And I was like, how I looked at it is like, you're not here with me while I'm going through this. But I wasn't thinking emotionally, like, maybe he doesn't know how to support you because he's never had his mom is still healthy. He's never had, he's never had his yep. mom in the hospital, so he doesn't know how to support you. So I was like, oh, I guess you need to get a fucking U-Haul because he moved in with me. I like, I had a reckless <laughs> mom. And it's like, you know, you're not supposed to talk to them like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I remember when I was listening to the Maui podcast 
and she was interviewing this guy on there, and she was like, what is one thing that you want to hear, um, you know, from a female? He said, well, he said men doubt, we have a lot of self-doubt that we don't show. But he was like, if you hear a woman tell you, like, look in your eyes and say, you got this, he said that shit goes a long way. All they really want is that support and that trust that we trust yeah. them. Like Natalie Todd said, she was like, I I praise in my husband what I want to continue to see. Like, I'll tell him, damn, like, when he cleaning, damn, babe, you know what I'm saying? You shine the hell, well, she didn't say hell, but, like, you shine, you know what I'm saying, those, uh, like, you mop that floor really good. I see you over there working out. I see you looking cut. Praise him. Lift him up. And yep. I remember now, like, I used to always sit up there and play damage control with my boyfriend and everything like that. I would always point out what he wasn't doing right. Then I had to ask myself, when's the last time? You got up and met him at the door to kiss him, to give him a hug, to mm. rub his feet, you know what I'm saying, like, to talk to him, to have that, like, you know, like, let me know how your day is. You always want him to pay attention to you, but what about him? So, yeah, yeah. thank you, Pastor Mike Todd, for dragging us again, for dragging us again. Hello. <laughs> That's my take on it. <sighs> Girl, oh, we're going to have to do another episode on him. But, um, <laughs> all right. Um, we're going to go ahead and jump into the girl I see you moment. Complex, who you highlighting tonight? So, listen, I don't never wish bad on anybody, but I want to say I see all of the R. Kelly victims that finally got justice. The verdict came in. Mm-hmm. He was guilty on all counts. Um, I know people going to say that's fucked up, that you could be happy. I'm not happy that he's going to jail. I'm happy that they got justice because as a – um, as an abuse survivor of that, as a survivor of abuse, and when you go to talk to the police and they make it seem like it's your fault, I'm just glad that somebody mm-hmm. finally heard them. Like you said, karma is real. R. Kelly thought that he was not going to get found. He thought that, yeah, I remember in the beginning of the surviving R. Kelly uh, tape, he said it's too late for all this. He felt like he was on top of the world. Vengeance is the Lord, baby. When you sit up there and you think that you're on this high pedestal, he's going to always humble you. Girl, I see y'all. I know that y'all got a a long way to go with healing, but I hope that you can find peace with knowing that you speaking up, look what it did. And for women out there who have gotten raped or who have been abused, don't think that if I don't speak up, nothing's going to happen. Because, baby, when it's time, it's time. So yes, you know what I'm saying. Y'all, y'all are y'all were so powerful and so strong, and I'ma keep being a voice for that because no man or woman deserves to be, you know, to be beat on, to be sexually abused, anything like that. So that's my girl. I see. What about you? My girl, I see you. Moment is going to go to all my Scorpio women. I love y'all. <laughs> I really see y'all. <laughs> We are the most unstable, cruel, <laughs> dark people, but we bring so much positivity and sunshine to people, okay? So I see y'all <laughs> keep on doing it. Um, you know, I'm speaking mainly for myself. Uh, you know, we got this. We ain't going to let them keep on giving us a bad name, y'all. We got this. <laughs> Especially by Scorpio Life Path number five people. I know we can't keep money, but. We know how to hustle. So that is my girl. I see you moment. Just something light today because I really didn't have nobody to shout out today. Um, So, yeah, I just see all of y'all. And Complex, okay, I know we do this back and forth thing, but 
I just realized something the other day, and, girl, I really see you because on top of juggling your job, writing another book, promoting your other books, you still are on back-to-back coming up with questions, scenarios, everything for mm-hmm. two podcasts. And it's not like they're days apart. No, it's literally Sunday, <laughs> Monday. Girl, yeah. I see you because let me tell you, sis, I couldn't do it. I ain't even going to hold you up. I'm not even going to say, oh, I know I could No, I couldn't. Okay. <laughs> I get confused every time. It's time for me to come up with four <laughs> questions for this one, okay? So I see you, y'all. Shout out to Complex. Uh, for both dope-ass podcasts. She bare her heart on self-love is my rehab, um, where they just talk about everything they battling with, like with abuse and addiction and everything like that. And then to come on here, we don't have topics that are so light, you know. We go in there, you know, we get in there too, just like that one. So just for you being so open and transparent all the time and ripping Band-Aids off left and right, girl, I see you. That's all I Thank say. you. <laughs> I appreciate it. Thank you. No problem, girl. No problem. All right. Now we're going to jump on into that Ask Queen K or Girl, I Got Something to Say. What you got, Complex? You got anything to ask me tonight? Yes, I do. Um, damn. I, I hope I sent it to you. Oh, Jesus. Hold up. Let me go. Let me go to Instagram. Because I, I think I sent it to you. Let me see. Uh, shit. You know what? This, this is shit that makes me mad. Hold on, because I don't never download download. Oh Jesus! Because I seen it the other day on somebody's um Instagram. It says like, "What do you have a hard time admitting?" And I can't find the shit. Do you have anything to say <laughs> while I find it? Just so it won't be uh, um. Just so. Yeah, yeah. y'all look. Pray for me, okay? Pray for me. Nobody told me that my 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 last child was gonna be this clingy. Like I'm, I literally be in my room hiding from him. Like yesterday, I locked the door before he could get upstairs. I made my older kids whisper his name, like his bed was calling him, so he could go in the room. And I hurried up and ran upstairs and locked my door. I know, poor parenting yeah. to some of y'all, but it was peace for me, okay? <laughs> and he still knocked the egg on door. Y'all, pray for me. I could be on the phone with Complex, and he'll be like, who are you talking to? Oh, well, tell her I said hi. And then he would want to talk and have a conversation. Or he telling me, can you be quiet? I'm trying to get some sleep. Y'all, I cannot. Yeah. nobody told me this four-year-old was going to be like this. So I need y'all to pray for me. Uh, and it's a Leo at that. Whatever. We love, you love us. Okay. <laughs> I'm telling you, that, that boy over talk you. He talked loud as hell into the phone. He don't even care. I could be in the middle of explaining something. All you hear is, Mama, what you think about? Like, <laughs> well, thanks. Okay. Yep. Okay, so I found it. So the question is, this okay. is from Thoughts of a Mature Man on Instagram. It says, which is more difficult for you to say? A, I apologize. B, I need help. Or C, I love you. This shit stunk me. So I was like, I'm going to bring it to the platform. Oh, oh, wait. Um, mm. I need help. Okay. Um, That is one that I I have trouble saying. Um, As a person who has gotten help in the past and has been thrown up in my face, I don't let anybody know when I need help because I just don't want that thrown back up in my face because my thing is I feel like at that moment I really needed you and for you to get mad 
you know, I've had a couple of uh, friendships that ended sour, and, you know, the first thing they want to do is throw up what they did or, like, my relationships with my family members. First thing they want to always do is throw up what they did for you. Um, I don't keep record of it, like, because my thing is if I'm going to do something for somebody, it's because, one, I can afford to do it, and, two, I'm trying to help. I'm not about to jot down, oh, on this date and time, I gave you this much and da-da-da-da, because I feel like as a friend or a family, this should be something that's flowing in between us. Like, me and Complex have this relationship where we pour into each other, and we still have some for ourselves, but we, you know, we – I don't have that. It's always one side. It's always me pouring into the cup or them pouring into the cup and feeling like they overfilling my cup and not doing theirs. But it only comes out when we're on bad terms. So I have a really bad problem with asking for help. I will figure it out on myself, and I will I will get so discouraged that it will, like, put my depression and my anxiety into overdrive. But I refuse to ask for help. Um, because I just don't want it thrown back up in my face. But I feel like I know who's there for me now, so I don't mind. I still have a hard time doing it because there's a lot of stuff that I don't ask complex for. But, you know, that's just because <laughs> I don't know. I I don't know. But I know she would never throw it up in my face, but it's just me being conditioned to believe whoever helps you, they're going to throw it back up in your face because my boss tries to help me all the time. She'd be like, just recently, I bought my daughter some school pants at the beginning of the school year. She could fit them. We only four weeks in. She can't fit them no more. So um, <laughs> she needed to go up a size. So my boss is like, I can just order. And I'm like, no, nah, I got it. I'm just waiting for this check. And I'm going to, you know, move this around. She's like, why won't you let me help you? I'm asking you to help me. She said, God blesses me so it can go through me to someone else. She was like, I'm like, you know, and I went into the hole explaining to her that I don't want nobody to ever throw it in my face. And she was like, have I ever... And I'm like, well, no, but, you know, when we if we ever get on bad terms, I don't want you saying, what about the time about your baby some pants, you know? So that's me. So um, she was like, I would never do that. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, but it's just me being conditioned. So, yeah. Yeah, so take your advice like you tell me. Start accepting your blessings because that's what I've been doing. And, you know, like, just, yeah, it's just accepting. It's hard, but I definitely understand because I'm the same way. Thank you for answering, though. Um, yeah, that's all I had. Okay, y'all. So without further ado, we're going to have Complex swing us with that no apology spot, followed by that self-affirmation. Go ahead, Complex. So I only have one no apology thought tonight. It is um, you have to change the person inside of you who allows the disrespect. Break up with the thinking patterns, live in the moment, and accept the past for what it was. I wrote this for myself because um, I'm in a constant battle with how do I respond if I ever run back into this person or if I ever run back into that person and not realizing that I'm causing my mind to think that it's happening all over again, right then and there, and I'm going through the same emotions that I did when it happened. I'm over here biting the inside of my cheek. I'm biting my index finger. Like, I know my fingers hate me. Because it's like, damn, bitch, what did I do? So I'm just learning to live in the moment. I actually am going back to therapy. Well, not therapy. I took therapy back in college. But I'm actually going to start doing therapy once a month um, starting October 9th. Because it's one thing to talk about it, but I do need to learn new ways to deal with it. And 
and, uh, you know, and mm-hmm. get rid of these old unhealthy habits that I have because it's not it's not for me to worry about what's going to happen if I run back into the guy who abused me or what's going to happen when I go back home and certain family members, you know, reach out to me. I have to stop being in this battle because I don't know what's going to happen. All I can do is be thankful mm-hmm. for the moment and stop dwelling on the past, accept it for what it was. So if anybody else, if that helps anybody else, you know, yeah, that's all I wanted to say. And my self-affirmation tonight is um, I am love. I am worthy of the life I visualize for myself. I am me. I embrace all of me. And yep, with that being yes. said, I'm complex. <laughs> Thank you. With that being said, I'm complex angel. I'm the vibe. And I'm Queen K. I'm the vision. And peace and love, y'all. We are out. Peace and love.